What's up, what's up, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Ray Talks Live. Today, I have a special guest for you. I got my homeboy from the days at Morehouse College. When we were there, he was a political science major. We were also real tight because he was a Cali guy. And, you know, we have West Coast and <laughs> Miami people, Florida people, you know, Florida and Cali people actually kind of gel very well. You know, we laid back. We also got this, the waters, the beach, so you're sort of like real chilling. But I'm going to let him introduce himself as my boy, Hassan, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Washington, D.C., and then we're going to close it out talking a little college football action real quick as the 2021 season is coming up. All right, Hassan, the floor is yours right quick, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, man, I, uh, you know, just I guess a little background about me. I'm an 18-year Washington uh, a veteran, started working on Capitol Hill. Uh, worked for several different members, uh, then worked for, as the uh, policy director for the Congressional Black Caucus. I worked for the mayor. I worked at a couple of different agencies doing uh, government affairs for them, and now I work in the private sector. So I've kind of had a really nice uh, uh, slice of each part of the Washington, D.C. life. Um, yeah, and I'm just really happy to hear, be here, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. So since you... One of these was one of my episodes I did back in season one, episode nine, American Democracy, Try American Embarrassment. That was with the whole January 6th insurrection. And even as Black people, we all know how important the U.S. Capitol is. We know what that symbolizes. We know that it was built during the Civil War. But when we talk about American Democracy, we know that that's what it is. So since you are a D.C. guy, I wanted to know, what were your thoughts on the January 6th insurrection when it went down at the U.S. Capitol? You know, where were you? What was going through your mind? What was, what was going on? Let me tell you, man, it was, uh, that was tough. That was tough. I lived 12 blocks away from the Capitol. Um, I walked to work uh, when I worked on Capitol Hill many different days. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, it was uh, being right there in the Capitol is a normal thing for me. Um, and, uh, and, you know, quite frankly, I remember uh, just to bring it a little bit further back, you know, when I was first trying to decide whether I was going to be in DC, I was fresh on Capitol Hill. Um, you know, there'd be nights where I'm driving through the city and the, the, the Capitol just is lit up very bright. And you just let, you're looking at it, you're like, man, this is something really special here. Like, I'm working on Capitol Hill. I get to go into the Capitol every day. That time I was giving tours and stuff. I was just, you know, a little big, big really, shot, big shot. Uh, I was, I was, yeah, doing a little small stuff. But let me tell you, I was. It just meant a lot to me. So yeah, man, I'm there on January sixth, and I'm telling you, it was, it was surreal. It was surreal. Um, and you know, I was, uh, you know, we were getting ready to, you know, guess get, get kind of celebrate us moving forward in the process. Right. Um. And, uh, you know, it just, I, I feel like I should have known this was going to come and because just because of the kind of atmosphere that was happening. And, you know, a couple of days before I'd been on the Capitol grounds and there were people yelling at folks who weren't listening to them about how, you know, the steal was happening. Um, it just, you know, it was, it was really, really sad. It was really, really sad. And I have friends who were there uh, working in the Capitol, um, very scared about their safety. Um, it's just, it was a really, really challenging time. Um, and you know, just the, 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 the polarized politics that came with the, the Trump era, 
you know, it was, we're always, uh, you know, I, I'm, uh, you know, lifelong Democrat. Uh, but we we always had differences. But I used to work oftentimes with the Republicans when we first got on Capitol Hill, in the, you know, the early aughts. Um, but you know now it's just so so difficult because it's it's political warfare out there. Um, and you know if you don't fall in line, you'll get challenged from the you know the right or the left. Um, and so you just you really people get stuck in their bases. A lot of this also is uh, just the constant fundraising and, and the, the task that that take the toll that takes, right. um, and so you know it, you get this polarized environment. And you know, on January six, we were uh, we were just we were scared for the country. We were scared for the country, man. Because I'm telling you, I mean, when I worked on the hill, I worked a lot with uh, with uh, countries that. Or I worked doing international affairs, and I, and I got to meet with ambassadors and business people from a lot of countries where the democracy is not as stable. Right. Uh, you know, won't go into names and everything, but it was obvious in those situations that they wanted to have a democracy like we do, um, but it's just you know in other interests. Um, you know, it, what is it? Uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, Littlefinger would say, "Chaos is a ladder." Right. Um, it's true. It's true, and we literally saw that, um, you know, with with the with the with the president, um, you know, because it's not a ladder in the sense of just you know becoming a, a higher political. It's also you know you can use it to to enrich your friends. You can use it to to score political points. Um, you can use it and, and wield it any which way you want to, and that's what you see in a lot of other countries, where you get you get a, someone who's elected as a president. Um, and then they they try to turn it into chaos, um, and there you go. You end up with uh, with uh, someone who can can gain control, but uh, the, that control is just really for the, for Joe public chaos. Right. Yeah. Because I know, like, when I was looking at, like I said, even when I was telling my high school students, like, it's crazy. Like, what you saw is something we see in third world countries. You know, this is something that you would not ever think about seeing in the United States of America as much as we like to hold ourselves. We are the brainchild. We are the ones you should look up to. How do you think every other country in the world looked, thought, or more so thought when they actually saw this going on, that Americans are actually destroying their own democracy, destroying their own U.S. capitals? And one of the things I joke about is like, I hope a lot of them are ready to spend those 10 years in jail, given that, you know, your boy Trump actually signed into law, you know, if you deface or destroy federal property, you got to spend 10 years in jail. So I wonder if a lot of them going to know that that's what's going to happen to them, you know, as the FBI has been still getting and a lot of those guys are catching them and everything. But I know, like, like you said, man, it was just surreal. It's, it's a moment I don't think many of us will probably ever forget. All right. But on the topic with Trump, since you've been there, what was the political climate in Washington with, during those four years? Of it was crisis? insane, man. It was really insane. Folks were scared to admit, you know, I mean, on their on the Republican side, scared to admit when he was acting crazy. Uh, he was acting crazy a lot of times. It was very, um, uh, the narcissism is, is a symptom of a larger issue, just, you know, very much uh, control freak um, and 
uh, not necessarily tapped into what the reality of what's going on in everyday life. Um, and so, you know, folks who are out here who, you know, who are diehards, the, the Boberts of it all, you know, are you know, a little screws couple loose. Uh, and so right. you, you get those that crazy. And then the ones who are not, you know, they're scared to say anything because their political careers could be over if they say something. Uh, and then on the other side, you, people just can't believe it. Like, like you literally can't believe you're, you're like if obama had done any of this right. any of this if clinton had done any of this, heck quite frankly if george w bush had done any of this right. like right. you just you would not be allowed to 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 live your life as a normal person right. um and i think you know i mean just the, the the many indictments the many people who have to resign for 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 what seems improper uh i mean you know it just it was it's not sustainable and i just it, so it's it was a crazy crazy time it was a crazy crazy time and uh you know i just think and i'm glad it's over um but you know during that time you just never knew what to expect you never knew what to expect and you know some some of this stuff was trolling like you know generally trying to you know troll about stuff so you, yeah it, it, that's what it is i mean you know i don't really know what you get from that, you know, as a, you know, you, you get political points, but it's not really worth anything. Right. Um, but, you know, some of it was just really, really kind of insidious and, and, and kind of uh, just overall negative for the country. Um, and that I just, you know, whether it was not trying to support Democrats or, or states that, that had, had, you know, Democrats at the leadership for, and provide them you know, disaster relief or, covid relief or you know what have you like this stuff is is crazy i mean never before were americans not american until you know it, it was red state blue state right. uh with with the trump era and you know i mean it was awful it was awful man right yeah because one question i also had was what was the major discipline you know the obama years and the george w years since you've been up there in dc for so long and then how is with Bush and Obama and take out Trump and now you think the Biden, how those three administrations are so totally different from Trump, you know, in terms of that Washington climate, that Washington atmosphere. I mean, you know, it was every president gets in, they feel like they have a mandate and they feel like they, they need to push to support the base promises that they made um, and that they are trying to make, strengthen the country in the image that they think fits best. Um, sometimes, you know, it's wrong um, in, in the sense that, you know, certain things like trickle-down trickle economics doesn't work. Uh, it's been shown, this is not a, an opinion or a, a guess. This is a scientific uh, proof that you strengthen the middle class and then the country gets stronger. Right. Um, but you, you, you also see things that, you know, we just don't know, like, you know, and so, uh, there, there's going to be different things, different programs, you know, that get a little more attention or less attention, depending on who's president. Uh, with Trump, it felt like just, it just felt like, I mean, beyond the fact it was amateur hour anyway, like, it just, you know, these folks didn't know what they were doing. He hired people who didn't know what they were doing. Uh, a lot of times people who, was, who were senior seasoned professionals, they didn't want to, they didn't want to join that uh, because they knew that um, you know, even when it came down to things that were of high importance, 
uh, it was going to be the Trump way or, or no way at all. Right. Um, you know, so, I mean, <laughs> which we saw in the end uh, where, you know, he was directing people to overthrow the, the, the election in, in a way that, you know, clearly violates the Constitution. Um, and so, you know, it just, it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, in the, in the, uh, the Trump era, it was, uh, man, it was, it was, you know, it's campaign politics, but in a, in a administration where it's still, you know, the same name calling the same, you know, uh, same, uh, pointing out, you know, issues with other people, uh, don't look at me, look at them. Uh, style politics, but over a, a four-year period, um, and that was just weird. It was just right. weird, man. Right, I can imagine. So, in wrapping this up, what would you say is one great thing about living in Washington, <laughs> and then what would be one bad thing, maybe, of living in Washington? I mean, you know, uh, great thing about living in Washington, man. It's a great city. It's honestly a great city with a lot of great culture, a lot of great people. Um, you know, it's, um, you get to be in the seat of power. Uh, you get to see and talk to people who are, who are very smart about different things. Uh, you'll meet a guy who is, you know, working on a committee or working for a corporation and they do, you know, international trade or, you know, do, you know, cryptocurrency and you can have a good conversation about, you know, the latest and the greatest of what's going on. I don't understand cryptocurrency most of the time when people talk about it, you know, I mean, I have friends who invested in Dogecoin or whatever, but like that doesn't add up to me. Um, and, but they, they can explain it and they can tell you why it was a good thing or a bad thing or whatever. I mean, listen, like there, I mean, there are people who are like certified weedologists here, and this is so funny because I grew up, you know, in California, right. and so I grew up with people who were technically weedologists, you know, what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the people here now are like telling you about the business of it, and yeah. and can basically we go from being a sommelier on weed to like you know the science of growing and 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 you know growing things in, in with a mist instead of using water and, and dirt and stuff like aquaponics i guess is what it is yeah. and, uh and you're just like what I, it's amazing it's amazing it's a it's a new billion almost probably a billion dollar business industry. yeah man. especially since a lot of states have now made it recreational legally now especially when i know but, like you go to colorado and go to a vending machine and buy weed Man, I mean, I didn't know that, but yeah, that means listen, it's it's an enterprise, and so that's yeah. that's the cool thing about DC is that there are people who who are tied into that, uh, even when it's on the fringe, um, like which was my point with the cryptocurrency. I think it's still like early on, right. um, but like you know, yeah, I mean, people can talk about new fuels that you know when it's like oh, it's hydrogen or ethanol, and they're like, well, let me tell you about this other fuel, and you're like. What, what 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 you're using wood to, to start your car like you know like what what is going on? it's amazing it's amazing the bad thing about it is uh you know i think that you know there is it is a very much you know a lot of this town if you're stuck in the political side of things it's like a who are you what do you do business kind of world and so you get a lot of that um also if you work on capitol hill live on capitol hill all you see is capitol hill uh, a lot of times, and it, it can be very, I don't want to say toxic, but it can be a lot. It can the, the weight of that, dealing with that every day, all the time, right. can be a lot. Um, and so, you know, you got to get out of the city. 
you got to go to, you know, good thing is you can go to Philadelphia very quickly or New York very quickly, uh, North Carolina pretty quickly. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's great for that, but, um, you know, this, this city can be a lot, it can be a lot, especially if you're tied into that, that political stuff that, you know, drives a lot of the, the city stuff. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the college football. Cause I know we were both huge college fans. I yeah, still man. am all about the U. Yeah. We've had some bad years, but you know, we, we keep coming up or trying to come up. And then, of course, I know you're a huge USC, UCLA fan. So what are your thoughts to your Trojans or Bruins for this 21 season? Just for the record, I just want to also say one thing. I know it seems very weird that someone, be a, someone would be a USC and UCLA fan. Because it's like, you know, kind of being an Oklahoma, Oklahoma State fan or something. Or, you know, just like there's a real our Laker Clippers fan. Right. But it – but. I would say I, I uh, you know, had family that went to UCLA, grew up U- loving UCLA. Uh, and then I was in a bunch of student programs at USC and became very close to a lot of friends who were at USC. And then some of my friends actually started working there at USC. Um, and so like, there's this weird mix of there. I have a, a strong appreciation for both worlds. I am a little bit more UCLA guy uh, just because that was my, my first love, but um you know, it just happens to be that I also grew up with them being sorry as heck in the football. <laughs> <laughs> so during football season, I'd be like, well, let's see what USC is doing. And uh, it would be generally a lot better. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> but uh, UCLA really hasn't been, uh, hasn't been hot since uh, Miami beat them in, uh, what was it, 1997? <laughs> yeah, that, that Andrew James, what, five, six touchdown games? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Y'all were going. You had a rough part of the beginning of the season, and that's when we were supposed to play, and then that got canceled. And then, yeah, yep. the makeup game had a hurricane. A good hurricane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all smoked us. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited about USC taking a step forward, man. I, I think you know, uh, their their recruits have been amazing this year, and so I think you know. We'll see. Uh, I, I think we'll see them take a, to do uh, do some amazing stuff. Although, again, schedule is tough. Right. Um, you know, Notre Dame always is good, and so yeah, that's usually a good test game. Right. Um, but you know, will they be in the in the the, the, the BCS mix? Yeah. I don't think so. Not. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you know it's one of those things you just enjoy the ride there. Right. Um, and the same with UCLA to some degree. I mean, you know, I think uh, again they're not going to be as, as high performing as UC, as USC. But um, my uh, last time I was talking to a friend, they were saying that uh, they uh, depends a lot on the, on the running back situation there. I guess they lost the the, the top tier running back, and they, they got a, a new recruit from. Uh, a transfer um man from somewhere good i can't remember where it came from and so you know that's going to be helpful because they do a lot of running they're going to try to do uh it's going to you do use the the old kind of uh organ playbook i think okay. they've tried to do, they do a little mix of this and that uh and so it's it's going to be a little bit more of the uh the fake runs the the run the running quarterback and then use the running running back who who, who, who hopefully will be an uh, amazing player and so you know I don't know I I'm, I temper my hopes now Pac twelve is just not not what it used to be let's just put it that way well, college basketball we, we totally different subject 
totally different subject, but, you know, because I mean, like, the case, like, I look at him, like, you know, I told you, with Derek King, that's probably been our best quarterback since uh, Ken Dorsey. You know, so you talk about almost 20 years now. Um, <laughs> but depending on how we perform against Alabama, and I even said this the last few years when we looked like we were there, especially when it was, what, two years ago, we got up to, we got into the top five. We was there. We knocked down Notre Dame. We knocked down Tech on them Saturday nights at Clemson. Like I say, if we can stick in and stay in the game by halftime, we got a chance. But if it's over by the end of the first quarter, it's done. And it's going to be the same thing with Alabama. I know Alabama lost a lot. And really, Miami's in the best position. I think we're returning, like, just about everybody. Every starter's returning. I think we only missed, like, one guy. Well, maybe four or five guys, especially on the defense side. But all the offense is back for the most part. But if we can stay with Alabama, we can keep them in check. And maybe we get this to the fourth quarter within a touchdown. We might have a shot. And, I mean, yeah. Michigan State comes down the line. You know, we got them here in Miami. But, you know, the ACC schedule is still tough. We got to prove ourselves against North Carolina after that embarrassment last Ooh. year. That, yeah. that that was just horrible. I mean, I turned that game off. I, I just couldn't even watch that anymore. But it depends on what we do. And I think – I'm not saying we're there yet. Because, like I always say, until Miami wins the ACC championship, we're not there yet. We're getting close at times. But we're we're not exactly there just yet. But I, I got a lot of a lot of my my folks here from South Carolina or have you know spouses from South Carolina. They talk about Clemson all the time, so I got to hear about them all the time. Yeah, and let so, me tell you, buddy, they they those dudes. It's just, it's that's that's the test for me, man. Well, I mean, you play Alabama first game. Although I will say, better play Alabama the first game than right. play them like the fourth game. Right, and Alabama the fourth game will be rolling. Oh, yeah, because you know Nick Saban going to figure it out. He's going to get it. Yeah, but it's same thing with Dabble Sweeney. I mean, Clemson has been the class of the ACC. You think back to the days when Bobby Bowden and Florida State was the class of the ACC when they rolled over. So, but it's good. I, I mean, I'm glad to see that we're back to normal. It's going to be a full 11, 12 game season. Yeah, man. And we'll see what the Canes can do. I mean, I'm looking for some surprises. Elsewhere in college football, I think we may find that Coastal Carolina team that might shock people a little bit. Mm. But cause I, mean, okay. I remember watching that game last year. I was like, okay, this is like a nice little team. But there's always the challenge. You know, last year, 2020, we all know you got to put an asterisk next to that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that was – I mean, players were out. They didn't want to play. Like, it just so, was – yeah, it was not a – I mean, fans were in the stand. It just was not a – yeah, it wasn't a football season. Yeah, it wasn't so, a football season. So this year, it's it's football. It's it's the real deal. And like I say, depending on what Miami do, it might be real good. But then, like I say, I am I – am, I'm a huge college football fan, so I do stand and watch the West Coast game. All right. I want to see – I want to see – I'm going to catch some of them USC games. Okay. Catch some of them UCLA, see what they do it. You know, and just see, like, okay, that, that might be a little. But I know, I think it's Oregon comes to Ohio State, I think it is. Is it? Second oh, week shit. of the season, I think. And that's going to be a big test for the Pac-12 to see if the Pac-12 came back a little bit. So, Man. Yeah, that's, I mean, all you it will be interesting to also see, I mean, Oregon, I mean, Oregon, if Ohio State also can just reload, too. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, go after uh, – 
I could lose in the the star quarterback too, and and can just can move it forward. Because um, you know it can sometimes take you a while. To, I mean, Ohio State's been pretty good lately, getting great quarterbacks, but uh, it can sometimes take you a while to find the right person and uh, or, or let them fit into the system. So and yeah, it's, it's September 11th, Oregon at Ohio State, twelve o'clock. Now, I don't know Ooh. if that's gonna help Oregon. I know you West Coast boys have a hard time with the three hours, two hours coming forward. So man, but, let me tell you. Ooh. That's gonna be yeah, it's probably probably rough, but you never know. You never know. Again, Oregon's been pretty solid lately, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. And, and you know who their head coach is, right? Mario Cristobal. Oh, that's right. That's University, man. You will from the U. Oh you know. Lord, here we go. Well, you know, I mean, you know, no one's perfect, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure he uh, he'll do real, real well. Yeah, he, uh, he's you know. So, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's basically it. So we're going probably during the college football season. I have a boy assigned come back. We'll check in and see where the Canes at and where the Bruins and the Trojans are, what's going on. And then he's also gonna be coming back on a podcast episode later on when I do a HBCU roundtable discussion where we'll start off with just AUC, the Atlanta University Center first, and we'll talk about life at a black college. All right. So for my guest, Hassan, I thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You know, hope all's as well. And so for all you who follow me on my podcast, please make sure you follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Ray Talks Live. You can also hit me up on Instagram at Ray Talks underscore live. Or you can also hit follow me on email at RayTalksLive at gmail.com. All right. So with that, once again, big shout out to my homeboy Hassan for joining me on this podcast episode. Make sure you guys follow. Along, you know, I'll be dropping podcast episodes weekly. And with that, I am out.